This is this, this is this is life. 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 This is life with Lisa Williams. I'm still not even sure how it happened, but somehow this year God opened a door for me to go to India. And even now as I'm sitting in my cozy house in Denver, I feel this sense of disbelief. Like, I went to India? Yeah, I went to India. And, you know, for most of us, that's rare. That's a a once-in-a-lifetime thing. You don't get to go to the other side of the world. And tears are popping into my eyes as I'm saying it because I feel so thankful. And and I have so much gratitude to India Partners for allowing me to go and witness the work that they're doing there. And um, God was especially kind to me because I didn't go with just anybody. I got to go with someone named Katie Fiedler, who has been to India 50 times. It was her 50th trip. No, 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 it was 25. How can I mess that up? I don't know. That's like twice as many. I've been telling everybody you've been 50 times. No, no, maybe that's prophetic, but it's 25. (laughs) Okay, let me try again. Let me try again. Okay. Who's been there 25 times. She was a wonderful guide, even today in this conversation. She's such a wonderful guide. <laughs> so, so today, I just wanted you to get to know her because she um, has had the biggest influence on me of any single person in 2015. And so I wanted to just take the next 15 to 20 minutes and have you get to know her. And and I want to get to know you better too, Katie. I mean, like... I still kind of scratch my head at the reality that you have, I have to like ratchet it back a little bit now, that you've been to India 25 times, which is still impressive. (laughs) So like, would you mind kind of telling us a little bit of your story of how, how did you ever go to India the first time, Katie? Well, I really tell my dad, it's all his fault that he ruined my life when he took me to (laughs) India. And he really did ruin my life that way. And it was in a really, really good way. Um, my, um, uh, mom and dad were pastors of a, uh, I would call it a mega church back in the seventies. They had over 1200 people uh, that regularly attended, um, Sunday service. So growing up, I had that wonderful experience of really being in a good pastor's home and experiencing a lot of really cool things about church. I grew up loving church and was not that rebellious, crazy pastor's kid that you hear about. I I really did enjoy going to Sunday school. I enjoyed leading worship. I enjoyed being in the front row with my mom and dad. It was always a great privilege to me. And um, my dad started traveling to India in the 70s. And back then, I mean, you'd drop your dad off at the airport, and then you'd hope to hear from him um, when he got back. And he landed right. in San Francisco on his way back to Portland, Oregon. He'd be gone for a month, and you'd never know where he was or if he was safe or if he'd be coming back. So um, back then, it truly was a, an adventure that could be featured in National Geographic or on Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. You know, <laughs> see these pictures of my dad in the middle of nowhere riding these little um, boats and going out to these remote villages with um, people wearing nothing but loincloths and carrying their spears. I mean, it truly was like looking at a National Geographic magazine where my dad was a star. And so growing up, I got to hear these stories. And um, when I got into my 20s, I, you know, I got married and life went fast and I had kids young and everything just happened so quickly for me. I never did get a chance to go. And I always was infatuated with it. And my dad kept on going. 
And then um, it was in uh, 2002 that actually my husband went first. He went and he enjoyed it and thought it was interesting and um, felt a little intimidated by mm -hmm. the the people and their passion, especially the Christians, the passion mm -hmm. for God and what mm -hmm. he could do and who he was to them. And then a real um, infatuation with Hinduism and, and that kind of culture and how the two worlds collided, but then also how they were really similar and how um, their, their cultural faith was almost an imitation of what really was supposed to be set up for us as human beings serving a God. So his, his was more of a fascination. Mm -hmm. Well, it was in the fall of 2003, my dad took me for the first time. I knew I was supposed to go. I had a really significant experience um, emotionally and career-wise when my mom passed away in 2001, and it just shot my whole thinking off on a new direction. Where, mm -hmm. What am I doing? You know, It was one of those epiphany times. What am I doing with my life? Where am I going? Why am I working where I'm working? What does this mean? And so I knew that going to India was a part of me experiencing this new part of my life. And so when I went, I was scared to death. And I remember landing and, and talking to myself saying, Catherine, what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> and I was so stinking scared. And I walked in the airport and it was nothing like Lisa, what you experienced when we went more modern. No. Oh know, my gosh. More modern experience for me. What was yes. it like in this? What, what, what year is this again? 19 the, or no, 2000, this 2003. 2003. Okay. Went to Chennai, still a dirt floor in the airport. Um, wow. Just craziness everywhere. Nothing made sense. There were no organized queues for immigration. It was just very crazy. I remember having to go to the bathroom for the first time and freaking out like what am I going to see how's this going to work and and I just <laughs> dove in I made a mental decision that moment in the bathroom hovering over something very unfamiliar <laughs> thinking oh I'm going to dive in I'm just going to embrace this not literally in the bathroom <laughs> but once you left the bathroom you made the decision you're going to dive in like I yeah think... <laughs> I mean, that's the best way to go right I mean you just at some point you have to say okay am I just going to freak out the entire time or am I going to just dive in and you dove in I did. I just embraced <laughs> the whole thing. And uh, we were staying at an orphanage with some uh, ministry friends that my dad had been working with for so many years. And it was just an honor to see them and meet them, meet their pastors and meet their evangelism team, stay at their orphanage with the 30 some odd kids that were there and just experience life in such a, a, a backwards way from what we are used to just so opposite everything so opposite mm -hmm. and honestly though i was absolutely hooked when we started going out to the villages and we were ministering with the ladies and starting to hear their stories and starting to hear miracles that happen and visions and dreams that were taking place because honestly lisa that was their only option they couldn't go down to the store and buy the rice they needed to feed their families they had to trust mm -hmm. god for it they couldn't go to the doctor and and get a stitch in a wound i mean they really had a different kind of faith that I had never experienced. And it woke something up in me yeah, that yeah. I wanted that. I'm like, I want that. I, I want it more than anything. And I didn't even know I wanted it because I didn't know I was deprived of it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so boy. that that's really what started my whole journey. And it did. It flipped my whole world upside down when I got back. And I haven't been the same since, kind of like what you said when you got <laughs> home. Yeah. It like, just yeah. ruined you in a really good way. 
Yeah, it's weird. Like it's, it's nice to hear you process it and also to share earlier about what Lance felt when he went because, because I am a, I'm a broadcaster and a communicator. So I am, um, a data filer. Like my mind files data. Like I'm always observing and thinking and, and tucking that away for one day when I'm speaking. Um, and so I was fascinated <laughs> a lot like what you said Lance was. I was fascinated by it all and taking in data. And I remember one day looking at you and Stephanie and, and, uh, Tam me and, and just going, I have overwhelmed my brain. It was like 10 a.m. and I, I have no more room for data because there was so much different, so much to see, so much going on. Then the second part for me, I will concur, is that something has been unleashed inside of me because of the fervor of the Christians there, the, the intense darkness, but in it, this bright, intense ministry, like this potent group of ministry people mm-hmm. and being with them and mm-hmm. seeing their hunger and all of that has it has changed me. I've used the word wrecked a lot, like India has wrecked me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, and I have a lot more processing to do with you, Katie, but I, I want to kind of continue on with your story mm-hmm. um, because you came back then, and this was 2004, but you've been 24 more times. So what did you do? Like come home and tell your husband, hey, I'm heading back to India tomorrow. I mean, like, what did you do? <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of trips. <laughs> well, my my whole journey from that point forward became um opportunity after opportunity to trust God. Something just woke up in me and said, I need to make a radical change in what I was doing and how I was living and what career I was pursuing. Mm -hmm. And so I just went on this um, step-by-step faith walk with the Lord. And um, he just he just opened door after door after door that allowed me to pursue working in India, working in international relief and development ministry. I was working at a science museum at the time, which couldn't have been more opposite of anything that I'm doing now. But what I was doing there as a profession was um, doing special events. And I then became the um, vice president of development for the institution. And it's quite a large institution. I had no right being in that job. I really didn't. I felt like I was a fake the entire time. Every time I'd sit down with the VPs and <laughs> discuss museum matters and what we were going to do fiscally, I just felt like a big phony and the gig was going to be up anytime. But the, the <laughs> reality of it was God just would fill my mouth with these wise words. I had no idea where they were coming from, but I really did... Um, practice, just stepping out and risking and believing that if God was putting me in these positions of influence and learning, that it was all a part of this journey. And it really was because it helped me learn how to fundraise. It helped me learn how Mm -hmm. to um, put on events in a creative and cool way to help promote a cause. Even if it was a cause I wasn't passionate about, I could make people passionate about it just by the way he would um, allow me to put together programs and scripting and videos and PowerPoints and all these things that would engage people. And so that piece of my journey was really pivotal in that I was resting and relaxing in a position I didn't feel qualified for, didn't really want to be there, but I knew it was all moving towards something that was a part of a bigger destiny. So from the story, just to get out of the museum is incredible (laughs) in itself, but um, I did really have a a pretty miraculous um, exit in that I was able to go to work for an international relief and development agency straight out of that organization. Again, having no experience doing it except for fundraising and events. And that 
started me on a journey of doing that more and more and more. And so as I did those things, then I had more opportunity to go to India. We did a huge tsunami relief um, program, and that was a big um, turning point in doing more things, learning more about how to work in a developing country. How, how do you set up a medical camp? How do you organize um, a group of people to do meetings and camps and, and get 20 lorries to go deliver rice up and down a coastline for eight days. There's just all kinds of opportunity I was given to learn over the years and go and go and go. Um, so that, that whole story in itself, that could be a whole nother like book. It, could yeah, be, I know, it seriously, seriously could be a book. It's a lifetime no. movie of the week. Because no, seriously, like what I always believe is during these shows, when people listen and it was, it was verified to me in a conversation I had today where someone quoted a show from five months ago. Um, what I believe is that every time one of these shows goes out, there's some piece that someone needs. Mm. And so this is really important what you're saying, because I feel like someone needs to hear this piece. Um, you went on a faith journey with God, like you were feeling restless, you were feeling drawn. And so you just, it sounds like you just began to follow him. And as doors opened, you'd pray yourself through them, you know, or, or to them and make sure that was God's way. And then all of a sudden you ended up like your heart was drawn to India. And then all of a sudden you're doing relief work and you're there. So it's cool to hear it unpacked like this. I think the best way to make it more applicable for a broader audience is, is that process of just divine discontentment. That's what I call it, yeah. divine yeah. discontentment. You just know that you know that you know you're not quite where you should be. You need to be someplace else and you need to take a bigger risk with the Lord in order to get there. And if you can get over your fear of stepping out and not doing it exactly perfect, because you won't, you just won't. I'll tell you now from experience, mm -hmm. you won't do it perfect. But the act of stepping out is something that God can really work with and bless. And he'll get you back on track. I mean, you'll you'll know um, that, okay, that wasn't quite the right thing. Thing, but let me try this. And it's that risking that for a lot of us is really scary because we mm -hmm. don't want to mess up and we don't want to get off track or how long is this going to take? And my husband constantly reminds me because my profession is as an event planner, life is just not an event. I love the process of planning, seeing <laughs> the thing happen, and then it's done. We do our recap and we move on to the next thing. Well, this is just a life marathon and mm -hmm. that doesn't end. Mm -hmm. And knowing along the way that you're going to have to have a pit stop, you're going to have to have a shower, you're just going to have to take a break and regroup yourself was refreshing to me that I wasn't trying to sprint to the very end and know that I made it. It is really about the taking the journey and risking and trusting and trying again when you didn't do it right and celebrating when you did. So for me, it really has been a process of learning to be patient and relaxing and knowing that I'm on my way. I haven't gotten there yet. I'm, I'm still so far from done, but that's the fun part. You never are done. There's always something new to work on and God is just unfathomable. Yeah. The, the ways he can take us and the things he can do with us. Like I, I constantly pinch myself and go, what am I doing here? How did I get here? And it really was just step-by-step -step trusting. Yeah. I think the second thing that I would tell people that was pivotal for me was um, when I was in those real divine discontentment moments and a real big one in particular was knowing I needed to leave a position I was in that seemed so perfect for me, but I knew I needed to move on. And I wrote my own job description. I sat down and I thought about everything that I knew I was gifted to do, everything I felt just when I do this, I feel 
amazing. Like, oh my gosh, I just, this is so easy for me. It feels great when I do it. And so I was writing those things down and formulating this job description for myself. And it was out of that, it birthed my own company. I never thought I would own my own business. I'm so not a business person. I'm just not, I need lots of help. And I did. I birthed my own business out of that. And now I get to do all these things that I feel so gifted to do. I get to make my own decisions. I get to write my own schedule. Um, it's hard. Yeah. But there's also so much freedom in it to make choices that I believe God just is waiting for me to say yes to that. I wouldn't be able to being in confinement of someone else's organization or someone else's yeah. vision. So that was a big deal for me that I always encourage people to do, even if you have to stay in your own job now for whatever reason, but to be working on something that is so uniquely you, what I wrote isn't anywhere. It just doesn't fit in any company. There's no nonprofit. There's no organization <laughs> yeah. out there that has my job description. And that's true for everybody. So to the best of your ability and with God as your best business partner ever, go out and live as much of it as you can and, and do it. And it, it, it's such a thrill ride. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I hope other people are relating to your story as much as me. Sometimes I feel like you're just for me. Like this, <laughs> this is like a present, like God, God gave me a gift. It's like, wow, this person makes sense to me. And, and she, you, you've just helped me so much because, because I've done radio shows. I mean, you know how they talk about your 10,000 hours. I counted it up one day. It's like 20,000 plus hours. I mean, I've done radio shows, wow. a lot of them, a lot of them. And they were always about a beginning and an end, put a bow on it. Show's done. All yeah. right. Next day. Okay. I'll do a show again. And so day after day after day. So in life, I think that that's, that's such a great message for me because I've always taken this like, it's an event. Everything's an event and let's get it done and let's say what we did and let's move on to another event. And that's what God has shown me over the past two years. Like, it's just not like that. You're on a journey mm -hmm. and it's going to be really hard sometimes and it's going to mm -hmm. be really glorious sometimes. And I'm going to add things to the journey and take away things from the journey. And I'm going to reveal things to you. And you've got to stop acting like everything's got to be perfect. Everything's got to be perfect or it's not okay. Yeah. yeah. And just getting really into the journey. So that part of your message is really good. And then I love this idea of all of, all of us writing our job description and mm -hmm. accepting the truth mm -hmm. that we are not cookie cutter humans, mm -hmm. that God made us very special, each one of us. And to sit down and kind of go, who am I and what would I do if I could do anything? That's a wonderful message. And you and I, when we were on the plane together, we started talking about reticular activators. Uh-huh. And when... <laughs> Just a typical we, conversation on a 20-hour flight I, or whatever. We, I know. That was such a great conversation. I felt you were my gift on that plane for sure. I've never had... What was it? 15 or 16 hours go by so actually, fast. Yeah. yeah, it was about ever. 16 hours. I know. Ever. We just talked and talked and talked. Um, but the, that whole concept of when you start <laughs> focusing on something, especially when it's really, it's a God thought, it's a God idea. And you start focusing on it. You're going to see it everywhere. It's like when I determined, um, I was going to buy a red car, then all I saw everywhere were red cars. There were red cars everywhere mm -hmm. and I never noticed them before. And so when we apply this, it's a very well-known scientific proven fact. When you start focusing on something, you're going to notice it. You're going to see it good as well as bad. Mm -hmm. And so if you can train your brain to be thinking along the lines of God has an incredible plan for me. If I don't do it, he's going to have to go to plan B and plan B isn't going to be as good as plan A. He'll still get it done. 
but he needs our cooperation. He doesn't want to do things without us because the universe is set up based on this principle of I love you and I value you. You are unique and you are created for a certain thing. And I want you to do it because I created it for you. And so we have to keep our eyes focused on the intimacy with the Lord, the um, ability to read scripture, pull things out. And, and not none of us need to go to Bible school. I mean, God has given us the Holy Spirit, all the tools we need. He's going to give us the information we need, the, the roadmap we need, and it'll be bit by bit when we need it for the time we need it. And he so won't good. download it all at once yeah, because so he, we'd be overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. We would be totally burdened. And whenever you get that call, and I remember you know, hearing somebody give a prophetic word on me, over me one time, and my first response was, but I'm not. Oh, wait, but I don't do that. Oh, but wait, I can't do that. But it all feels so good. And it, yeah, that sounds so right. So when our first response is, I'm not, I can't, I don't. I mean, we have to check our language. And my husband, who's walking in the room right now, he's always so good to remind me to watch what we say. Because mm-hmm. it really does become prophetic words over us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And our mouth is an incredible tool and our ears are a powerful tool. And we're going to believe what we tell ourselves. Yeah, that's really, really good. Oh, and the other thing I'm taking away from everything you just said, though, is that that looking for stuff. Mm-hmm. Like looking for, God has a plan for me today. I'm going to mm-hmm. be on the lookout. God loves me so much. Okay, I believe that's true. I'm going to be looking for ways that you're showing me how much you love me every day so that our brains are kind of set up to see God. Like, mm-hmm. I want to see you today. Mm-hmm. I want to hear you today. I want to feel you today. Mm-hmm. And does, it makes me want to cry because we're so, or at least, you know, I, I was so programmed to look for the negative when, what can I complain about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's just flipping that into the spiritual realm and using the brain God gave us to be on the lookout. And then, like you said, lining ourselves up with what God says about us and what we believe he's made us to be. It can just change the trajectory. It, it can take things into full color for you. And man, if there's anything I've learned from knowing Katie, I want to be full color like her. I mean, like <laughs> the thing that really blew me away about Katie, and I've told many people this, is that how you were all in. I mean, two or three times, I literally thought this weird thought, she's more like me than I am. And I don't even know what that means. It would be like, that's how I would be if I didn't have the clutch in. That's how I would be if I wasn't holding back. Okay. She's a nutcase and that's exactly who I am, but I am, I'm too self-conscious or I'm too concerned what people think about me because we would walk into rooms Literally, I saw this over and over. Katie would walk into a room and she would just start singing or she would start running around talking to people or she would just, oh, my dog's barking. She got too loud. <laughs> I'm excited, Winnie, about Jesus and Katie. <laughs> um, and so I say all that to say, hold on a second. Winnie, hush. Hush. I say all that to say that I like looking at Katie and looking for clues When you meet someone on this planet, God gives you the rare opportunity of meeting someone who's rare. It's a good idea to look at them really hard (laughs) and go, what have they done? Who are they? Why are they the way that they are? What is God doing there? What do I need to glean from that? And um, I just got to tell you flat out publicly, you're that girl for me. And I thank God that I met you this year. And I I just praise God for you. Katie, I praise God for you. You are a gift. I feel the same way. I do. I feel the same way. Thank you so much. Thank you for just being real and being honest and authentic with me. I mean, honestly, that, that plane ride, I learned so much and God just opened up so many things about me, um, that I needed to see that were hard to see. And 
and you were just so gracious about it too. And, oh, and then I, I felt like I wasn't, I wasn't alone. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a wonderful feeling, isn't it? Yeah. I'm so thankful that my messiness was a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? See, your mess is your ministry. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. And all the messiness, there he is. Um, and so in these, in these last couple of minutes, like in this last minute, could you just talk about India Partners? Because um, as I draw to a, a close of this season of Life with Lisa Williams, the show, and they've partnered with me for this season, because I, I got to be honest, I want people to support them. I want people mm -hmm. to pray for them. I want people to talk about them because I saw what they're doing. So would you just yeah. open up about them in the last yeah. few minutes? I've been really privileged to partner with India Partners um, for um, six years now. And they have been an incredible blessing to me and to the people of India mainly through the way that I watch them partner. And I work with a lot of nonprofits. And so I get to see different styles of mm -hmm. doing work with underprivileged people. Their way of approaching working with indigenous people groups is really unique and that they're not there to tell people what to do or how to do it. They're there to listen. They're there to coach. They're there to answer questions. They're there to help them build a better organization fiscally they help them be responsible and accountable. They set up authentic relationships. And is it always perfect? No, but their processes lead them through places that will build trust with leadership. And that's what I see is a really key thing. If you are in the West and you're partnering with organizations that are halfway around the world and you don't have the resources to have people on the ground 100% of the time and watch over every single thing they do, you have to build trust. Trust comes through relationship. Yeah. So part of my role has been to take teams over, to go visit these partners, to watch and see what they're doing. How are they using the sponsorship money for the girls in the orphanage and the safe houses? How are they ministering to the ladies that are commercial sex workers and don't see a way out? And building those relationships and seeing how they do it on the ground Mm -hmm. I think is a huge part of trust that's built, not only with the organization in India, but also with the donors. They um, care so much about donor stewardship. They care that every single dollar gets where it needs to go. They do what they say they're going to do with it. And that's something that I have found um, to be very special about this organization. There's a high sense of trust with every single dollar that comes in and a high sense of responsibility and honoring the Lord with everything that's brought in because it does truly change a life. Dollars change lives. And there's no secret about that. You know, you know, God knows that there's resources that need to get poured into places that are deprived. And we've been so blessed as a country. And especially during this season, when we're thinking about the greatest gift that God gave yes. us yes. was his son and blessing us with um, his death and his resurrection and leaving us his Holy Spirit and everything that we need to be empowered yes. to do all that we need to do while we're on this planet. You know, you, you as a person who has um, even $10 to sew someplace, you want to know that that is truly going to make a difference. I have the privilege of being on the ground and seeing that $5 go to work, that $1.28 meal that you bought for a child in an orphanage um, so they could eat for a week. I, I get to see that happening and that's a huge blessing. So I can come back and be a good spokesperson and say with authenticity, they're a very 
um, good organization that is doing their very best to honor the Lord and honor every donor that works with them and through them. Thank you for saying all of that. And I appreciate that. And I'm hopeful. Um, I never want to be manipulative and I never want to try to like, I, I just want, I want to be pure hearted. And so with, from the purest place I can speak from, I want to encourage someone listening. Um, and not everyone's going to be able to do this because you just can't, but there's someone listening. You can give five or 10. If you give $50, that will provide two weeks in a safe house. If you do $100, that's four weeks. Maybe someone can give a 1000 Maybe someone else living, listening can give 10000 I don't know. But I wanted to give you the opportunity. I wanted to connect you through Katie, that we would connect you with India Partners. And ultimately, then you are connecting with the Lord to do His work. And that kind of stuff blows my mind. And that kind of stuff is dynamic. And so if you have the means at lifewithlisawilliams.com, um, where it says give life for Christmas, and you see a picture of me with a little girl who actually lives in the brothels, click on that picture, and then you'll be able to give safely and securely. Katie, would you take a moment and just pray for someone listening who's stirred up because they feel that holy dissatisfaction or they're, they're trying to follow God or just something that you said may have stirred, stirred them up? Would you pray? Yeah. Lord, I thank you so much for every person listening right now that had that divine discontentment go straight into their heart and say, yeah, that word right there, that's what I'm feeling. There is a divine discontentment in me. And I ask, Lord, that you would open that up, mm -hmm. just open that up for them so they can see what it is that you're asking them to reach out and risk and do right now, that you would awaken that dream, that desire, that heavenly desire, because that is from you. Those things that sometimes they seem like, oh my gosh, that's too good to be true. Or no, seriously, I could make money doing that. Really? Lord, you want us to be prosperous. You want us to be proper, prosperous with a purpose so that we can go and bless the nations, yes. that we can go and fulfill the destinies that you've given us to do that are so unique. Because if we don't do them, you have to go to another plan and it won't be your best. So Father, I pray that you continue to speak to each of us as to what is your best in the moment. And our ears would be so open and our eyes would be so wide yes, yes. that we would not miss any opportunity. But God also just lay us down with um, that expectation that we don't have to be perfect, yes. that if we miss it, it's okay. Yes. You are never condemning. You are always full of love and grace. And so God, I pray for those that have such a hard time operating out of that grace, that knowing that 100% of the time you are so deeply in love with us, no matter what we do, what we say, no matter where we are right now, how deeply steeped we might be in what we feel is an unforgivable sin. God, I pray that you would awaken spirits right now to know yes. that you see past that. You don't even care. That's what Jesus went to the cross for. You're, you died for that. And we need to die to it, knowing that you've taken care of it. And so I thank you, Lord, for right now, just that overwhelming sense of peace and forgiveness and love so that we can step out and we can risk and we can do those things with great confidence that our daddy's at our side, holding our hand constantly, not going to let us fall, not going to let us fail to the point where we can't get back up and try again because you are there 100% of the time. You're a biggest mm -hmm. fan. So yes. I thank you, Lord, for awakening us right now to mm -hmm. that very thought. You're our biggest fan. Thank you for that, God. What a great notion. In Jesus' name, amen. In, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Katie. I love you.
I love you too. Thank you. And if you come to lifewithlisawilliams.com, you can reach out to Katie, leave comments. We'd love to hear from you. Hashtag thanks for listening.